This podcast is brought to you by the Business Habitat, a program that builds your CEO expert to the same level as your technical expertise. No matter how much money you make now, there is always plenty of room for growth. So here's the question. In our expert professional services businesses, where the rules were written last century and the world keeps changing around us, how do we as experts who have spent years, sometimes decades, getting our technical skills to the ultimate level, but proportionally little time learning the ones required to grow our businesses based on our own terms, rewrite these rules for ourselves. I'm Sam Dean, and this podcast, Business Habitat, explores the answers to these questions. Hello, everyone, from wherever you are and whatever time it is with you. I hope this finds you well and having a great amount of fun. Welcome to the Business Habitat. I'm Sam Dean, as you're probably already aware. (laughs) Today, I've got Joshua Lewis from Business Built Freedom podcast. He also has a couple of other businesses, one which I absolutely love the name of, Dorks Unlimited. I think I need to go and work there sometimes and the business efficiency expert. So we're going to really chew some fat. We've had a fun time today. We actually, I've been interviewed on his podcast as well and some of my friends are. So absolutely give it a listen. So welcome, Joshua. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to be a um, business owner and a podcaster? Oh, I don't know. A series of unfortunate events, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess the podcaster I'll get to in a bit. Thanks for having me on the show. The, the way I started, I was fortunate as a four-year-old to have had a dad that found a laptop that was old at his work that they didn't want that I was able to start mucking around on and I learned how to type. And by the time I finished high school, I had a, a typing rate of about 110 to 115 words per minute with a 99% accuracy. Ooh. So pretty, pretty quick. Um, so I, I guess I, I did have one advantage, which would be having that laptop. But I guess the other big one was having family to look up to that I aspired to become and, and having leaders in, in, that, in that respect. My sister, an engineer, actually all of our family are engineers, business owners, or teachers. Um, or a combination thereof. There is <laughs> that should be interesting. Yeah, that's <laughs> I didn't do that's, that's right. That's that's everyone. That's that's not just the immediate family. That I don't know. I don't know what we're doing with our lives. But um, <laughs> yeah, we'll sit down and talk about why toilets flush in a certain way and and why these new new inventions are coming out for hours on end. And I'm sure no one else cares. But um, <laughs> my sister was working for a company, and I got an opportunity when I was uh, 12 years old to start making number plate brackets most boring thing ever. Just imagine a piece of metal with a light on them. And uh, I started making these these brackets thinking, oh, this is this is pretty cool. Or she offered me the job opportunity and I was, I was getting $6 a plate. I thought, this is pretty cool. I'm making one in an hour and a half. I thought no one else my age is working. I had a paper run as well. So I had the paper run and then this, and uh, I was earning $4 an hour. I thought, this is great. I can be sitting down watching TV earning $4 an hour. What really drove me to do what I've done and get to where I've gone is... I had a set of Lego and some Technic Lego with motors or robotics, robotic Lego, if you're more familiar with it. And I created a process behind it that allowed for me to make 10 plates in an hour. That sped up my $6 every hour and a half to $60 in an hour as a 13-year-old working from home still. So I was doing that and I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. And the only reason I did that is because for me, the carrot was get it, get something finished. There was a quality assurance process that went behind it. Get it finished, get it finished fast, but get it finished because 
you're getting paid per product, not paid per hour just to sit there and loiter. So um, that work ethic's been ingrained in me for many years. And that is what has uh, driven me to succeed and help businesses automate their processes so they can earn more money. That's um, amazing. I, <laughs> that's, that, that, that's in a nutshell, actually, my, my first um, uh, meeting where I had to um, sort of sell myself, I guess, was when I was 14 and nine months. And one of my mates was uh, pushing trolleys, getting $10, I think it was $10.40 an hour. And uh, I went back to using the tools they'd given me to make these number plates, number plate brackets. And um, it was taking me an hour to make one. And I thought, okay. So I went to them and said, look, I can get make one plate in an hour using the tools that you've given me. Or I can go push trolleys with no quality assurance processes. I only have to push them when there's a trolley that's that needs to be pushed and put back. And I'm getting $10.40 an hour. I said, does that sound right to you? And they said, oh, I don't know. Well, what would you like to do? And I said, I'd like $10.40 per plate. And uh, so 14 and nine months, registered my first ABN number, uh, contracted to them officially instead of just uh, off the books. And then, uh, which technically is child labor when you think about it. Like I was actually- <laughs> But you've got a business, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, so um, after uh, after that, I was getting $10.40 and per plate. So I was making $104 in an hour. I then started outsourcing it to friends and giving them a portion of the money that I was getting for each plate that they were producing. And so I'd have uh, me and two friends rock up, watch a whole bunch of uh, movies from the uh, early 2000s and uh, 90s and uh, have a bit of a laugh with my friends as we're making a bit of money on a Saturday and Sunday. So that was in my first bringing someone on as a contractor. But I guess for me, that really shaped in a, in a, when you've got a mind that's a very much a malleable sponge, go for it. Can I just stop you just for one moment? I want everybody to quickly read back and, and listen that or really sink in just that skill that Josh is talking about is what we teach a lot of businesses to do and it's all about leveraging your time um we'll talk scale later but if you learned that at 14 that's just fundamentally amazing because we teach people that to this day and I'm, i tell you i'm very i had to teach myself that as well and it was very painful and i mean i just learned something then that i just want everyone to really appreciate just how magical that is what you just learned and you learned it as a teenager I, I didn't even know it was that. Uh, thank you. I didn't even know it was that cool. It I is. Just... It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> like that that efficiency piece and that actual innovation piece is a mindset that we teach and it is teachable, but it takes, you know, time. I'm sure there's other stuff that you need to learn, but to have that fundamentally in a business just really drives it forward. And I can now see why you're where you are. Well, thank you. It's definitely, as I said, it, it set me up at this stage, what I was doing, they had nothing to do with IT. It was just around creating a product and how it was the fastest way that I could do that. And I would say comfortably, like there's a few different products and things that I've done that aren't very smart. Like uh, I had a, I automated my bedroom. So at uh, around the same age of 13, uh, I had a remote control. I could turn the fan on. So that, that's, that's been done. I could turn the TV on with the same remote control. That's probably a little bit cooler, but I could open my bedroom door, turn the fog machine on, the mirror balls, the police lights, the stereo, the whole lot with the same remote control. Now. I spoke to my brother and I was talking to him about how this all went. And I said, look, I press this button and it opens up the door, but I, I unlocks the door, but I wanted to fully open the door. And he goes, oh yeah, so have you got any any idea on how you're going to do this? I said, yeah, look, I've got these schematics and this is how I'm going to do it. And this is how the push-pull action is going to work. And uh, he said, yeah, okay, that, that, that sounds pretty cool. And my, my brother's uh, 13 years my senior and uh, an engineer. 
<laughs> obviously, <laughs> if he's not a teacher, he's an engineer or a business owner. So um, yeah, an engineer, he said, so uh, how long do you reckon it's going to take? And I said, probably 100, 120 hours. He said, cool, cool, cool. How many times could you have got out of your chair and open and closed that door? <laughs> <laughs> and so... Uh, and this is another valuable lesson that everyone should should learn. Don't automate something that doesn't need to be automated. Uh, have a look at what. Yeah, if it ain't broken, don't break it. <laughs> Sorry, if it's ain't broken. Yeah, exactly right. I, I went okay, but I'm going to learn all this stuff. And because if you're learning, that's cool. But don't do it just because because you you'll spend a lot of time and it it, it won't be efficient. And that was when I learned that lesson around uh, where to spend your time and focus your energy. And we've all, as I said, been down the trap of going, oh, I've already spent so many hours on this. I might as well see it through to finish. And so you go through and you do it and you think, oh, yeah, that's good. That's or it's not. And um, and there's no market for it. Yes. <laughs> no, that's right. It was just for my bedroom at home. <laughs> so the moral of that is always test the concept first and see if it's actually worthwhile doing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ask people. Ask people about it. But, Ask. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was. I have had that, but with products for sure, like um, putting cash flow products and all of this sort of stuff out, which makes so much sense to an accountant. But when it came to people actually wanting it, they didn't actually want to be told how to budget this sort of stuff. We, we've tweaked it a lot since then, but it's such an important thing, isn't it, to actually do market research first? And that means actually asking people. Oh, it is. Or ask yourself <laughs> in that case. That's right. Am I going to use this? Is are other people going to use this? And that's where, like, I had a look and went, "Oh, this is going to be so cool." And sure, I, I would have learned heaps in in the process. And if that's what you're doing, like, the, the cost of a university education is very expensive. If you're able to do some things and learn it yourself at home, go for it, do it. But um, as long as you understand that that is part of the process, it's not just all about the outcome. It has to be part of the journey. Has to be part of it. Fantastic. Well, let's get down to tin tax. Let's see if we can. Well, I think everyone's learned two things um, there. First of all, obviously the leveraging of that and really taking the um, there's two aspects of hours for dollar mindset there. The first one is how can I make that hour and leverage it so you can get as much dollar for that hour, and then this and which is really important. And then the second one is actually using the hours for dollar mindset for your benefit. And that's saying, well, if I spend 100 hours here, am I going to be actually able to leverage that time? Will someone actually want to pay for it? Yeah. And for us in our business as an IT business, we automate a lot of our internal processes. Yeah. As, as much as I'd love to say everyone should be buying on value, no one buys on, on, on cost, some businesses still do. And a lot of the time from a, an external perspective, you look at one business named Dorks, another business named Geeks, and it all sounds about the same. And you go, oh, it's just another flavor of the same ice cream. And uh, so you go, oh, how, how, do you, how do you differentiate yourself? And we found the way we've done that is heavy automation internally that's very very scalable so if there's a problem that occurs like there's a right at the moment there's a this is going to get into it boringness but um there's a a problem with printers um, there's a zero day printer issue that most people it's called printer night or print nightmare uh, most people hopefully don't have their printers working because microsoft still have yet to release a patch there's another company called zero patch it's just released it recently but i digress for that patch we can click deploy and it'll deploy to all of the computers that we're managing so if we're managing 100 businesses and there's, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 computers per business, and we've got 2,000 computers that we need to now apply this patch, we've either got one person going nuts for a full week to try and get this out, or we script it and then push it out so that everyone has access to it. It's much quicker. Everyone's protected faster. And ultimately, that's what it's all about. Our business is about making sure that people 
are using IT like a utility and it's just ready to be turned on and turned off and it's working to their advantage. Fantastic. And I think that that's a really good thing. But externally, how do you think Dork stands out from Geeks? You know, is it a a relationship thing, a people thing? You know, how do you you connect that? Well, the big thing that we do differently is, uh, sounds sounds so cliche, we don't treat our customers like a number. (laughs) Uh, we, we, we sit down, we have beers with, with our customers. We take them out to lunch. We, we talk to them. We sit, we, we like to sit in their, uh, in, in their, in their business with other, uh, uh, CIO or CTO type type position so we can understand what is going on in their business. What's CIO and CTO? Um, so, uh, chief technology officer or chief information officer. Okay, yep. mm-hmm. And so we, we like sitting there with them so that when they say, look, we're looking to pivot our business and start doing this, or we're looking to towards an exit strategy over the next five years. We want to be involved in those discussions because that changes around the landscape of, of the technology that you're using. And uh, that that's, that's a big difference between a lot of other companies, which are just uh, very commoditized and they're just asking, have you turned it on and off again? Try doing this. We'll recover from a backup. Here you go. We don't, we're not that person. That, that's a part of it, obviously. That's a part of technology and there's, there's things like that happen. But our number one want is to be able to help businesses out to be able to leverage technology to better their business, not just use a, a blunt tool, but uh, help sharpen that tool or change the tool if required to the tool that they need. You might be using a, the completely wrong tool or the wrong program in your business. You might not have a CRM set up, or maybe you do because it's ticking a box, but you haven't got it set up properly. Or maybe you've got your financials coming into a, a program or you've got your CRM and your, fina- uh, your, your zero, whatever the accounting package that you're using, aren't talking together properly. We want to help allow for you to have the data so you can make those decisions to be able to steer the ship in the right direction. What I picked up there is that you really work on the relationship and the technology rather than the transaction and finding out actually what people need because quite often I'm going to guess they come to you with what they want because they've seen it or heard it. And one of my, you know, our big drives is particularly technology. Technology you can leverage out but quite often we see it used because it's a quick, easy solution as opposed to looking at the holistic approach, this is what you are talking about, to find out what these people actually want and then where their block and, and their gaps are. And I think that's so valuable. How did you learn that? Did, did that as an experience or it's just something that you naturally came across? You're definitely not wrong in where people come to us and they look at what is wrong right now. And what we've done in the market is we've changed around everything that is a what or commoditized item We've mm-hmm. intentionally made those prices for what we do for those the absolute cheapest that you'll ever see. Yeah, and the reason we've done that is because if they're looking at the what at that stage, they they they're not getting into the personality or the person in the business or how you how the relationship works. They're just comparing one website with another. They probably haven't even called you yet, and so uh, making sure that you're able to separate that out from what the they're, they're able to see straight up if they're looking at dollars they're able to go okay now i understand until the relationship's built and they go okay cool now there's these other things that we need to have done in there so um that, that that's one thing that we've done a little bit differently so if you if you look at um i call it the would you like fries with that model and yeah uh, so I'm, I'm sure that you're using uh, either g suite or office 365 yeah 365 yeah yeah, and most of the people listening to this are probably in the same boat, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, so we guarantee that the prices that you'll get will be 10 to 20% cheaper than what you can get through Microsoft and probably through anyone else you're going to find. Mm. We sell it for less than what we buy it for, and we're buying at wholesale rates. 
Yeah. So we know we're selling for the cheapest rate. And when people look and they go, oh, well, this company is doing it for this rate, they go, oh, that looks pretty cool. Well, we'll at least give them a, a foot in the door to talk to them. And then when they see the other things we can do for them, it's not just about offering Office 365. It's about the, the building the relationship out to be able to help their business steer in the right direction so they have the time to be able to spend with their family or or do whatever it is that brings business freedom to them. And that's what we're all about is building business freedom for them. We want them to be able to have their business as the fulcrum to be able to achieve whatever they want to do in their in their personal life. And that could be spending more time with their wife or husband or or maybe they hate their wife or husband. They don't want to. Or less. <laughs> exactly. More time fishing or jumping on a horse. So it, it could be anything. So um, yeah. it, it's about understanding what it is that drives them and then introducing technology in a way that is helping them do that. Technology should just operate silently in the background. It should be something that you're you're going, oh, no, there's this new process we have to use to sign on. For our clients, we've got a button that we add to their computer. They come up to their computer, they press the button, signs them on. Do you know why? We found too many people were forgetting their passwords or having to reset their passwords. So we went, let's get rid of passwords. Yeah, I would pay lots of money for that. <laughs> let's get rid of passwords. We went, too many people are calling us up asking us to reset passwords. We don't like resetting passwords as much as people don't like having to have them reset. So we thought, let's just get rid of that. Yeah. So we've got a device that, that means that you click the button and you can keep it on your keychain with you or or wherever you would suggest keeping it with you. That way we know it's you that's logging in. But we implement technology in a way that makes your life better, not makes it harder to use and other security policies that's going to make things difficult. And I guess the way that I've done that, is it a learned process? I think it's just because I've it's been stuff that's given me the shits. It's annoyed me. And so I've just decided let's fix it and then apply that to everywhere else. Oh, my God. You and I are like peas in a pod just 20 years apart. You know, a lot of other differences as well. But I'm a boy. And yeah, my... You're a boy and I'm a girl and, and all that sort of stuff too. But um, I was actually doing some maths before on our um, age differences there and it's so interesting because and then just going back on that before I get hung up on my age again is that I have developed all my programs and, and products in Blueprint HQ have been on stuff that I've had to learn and I've had problems with. And I think when you said that, that also would absolutely hold – your business out because it's also life experiences. You know, you just love your products so much because you know the difference they make. So then selling becomes a non-issue. People mm. are attracted to that. Correct. And if, you know, that's so important. Everyone, if you're going to take some tip home, if you're having struggles selling or you're not comfortable doing it, have a really good look at what you're actually offering out there. And if it's something that you would actually do or you've done yourself, put that experience into when you're talking to people as well. Like most of the stuff we've done is done to solve yeah. our problems in a very different way because we do skills and behavior. And I've had to learn a lot of skills and behavior in the last 20 years, believe you me. And for your sake in the efficiency in the technology, what shits you off. And if you, if you can do that, people will just come to you. And the right people will come to you. Exactly. Yeah. Because you know you're dealing with the people that want the same things. Like as I as I was saying before, what builds your business freedom? And for me, business freedom to me is if I go to sleep tonight and I don't wake up for two months, three months, do I have more money or less money in the bank? If I decide I'm going to go traveling around Australia, is that something that I can decide to do for two weeks or a month or as only as much annual, annual leave as I have? Or is that something that I can go, well, let's just go on an extended trip. How long does it matter? It doesn't matter. Just go for as long as we want. There's no reason we need to come back. And that's 
That comes down to our internal processes, documentation, making sure that things are squeaky, everyone's accountable, you've got the right KPIs in place. That is a four-year discussion of 190 different standard operating procedures that we built internally for our own business to be able to run like that. My first test was going over to America for three months, and uh, I had the laptop with me just in case. Didn't need it. And I went, that's cool. And that, that was when I really felt, that was the champagne moment. You've made it. Aha, I've built something bigger than myself. And, uh, and if I decided to close it, there'd be food off people's tables when you've got some staff doing what they need to do for you. And it doesn't have to be staff. It can just be processes. Um, knowing that you're following the same thing and you're accountable and, uh, that it's, and it's repeatable, that allows you to build that out to bring someone else on very easily without having to have the, uh, the, the timing and training and, and uh, aspect uh, quite, quite as slow. It can be quite a fast ramp on and you can see if they're doing what they're meant to be doing. And, but that all comes down to the efficiency of how you're running your business and where you want it to take you. And if you don't know what, where you want it to go, you can be sure it's not going to take you there. And my job is done. <laughs> Just so you can come and uh, work for us. Exactly. It was an interesting thing before the interview we were talking about retirement and, and stuff like that. And both of us said, what does that even mean? Like it doesn't mean anything anymore. If you find joy in everything and what you do and you can create businesses that create freedom, then you have might have the freedom then to go and find other things or help other people. And also building businesses like that then empowers your team to go and drive that business even further. And then that could actually empower some of their freedom too. In our business in particular, we are building it from scratch on that to actually create freedom for everybody. And everyone has a different version of what that means. Just because my freedom might mean that I can go and jump on a horse in the middle of the day or my husband can go fishing. It was interesting you said fishing and riding before um, I know you knew that I ride but my husband's an avid fisherman too and we can we can do that it's interesting um we're building our business that and at the moment my business partner Esther has just had a baby and she is two months old now and we are still building our business and rapidly growing and we're really working on that stuff too so freedom or what that means to you and your why will mean different things to different people and when you're struggling with that I just suggest that you go back and look at what Joshua just said and it's very doable I mean IT business is a very unreliant business of the technology IT you know a couple that I we work with at the moment there's a lot of mindset shift of giving up control. And quite often your freedom is blocked, not by tech. Once you get the technology and everything in, what I find, um, do you find this too, when you start working with businesses and you can start showing them what that can do, do some of the leaders then get blocks? Like um, my block was, <gasps> you mean it can operate without me? I mean, the ego takes a massive hit on that. So if you want freedom, you also have to then work internally on what might be blocking you from doing that. Because some people's freedom might not be complete giveaway of control. I know I've spoken to people and they've said, oh, no, no, I don't want to do that. I can't like a, because a big part of what, what we call freedom and, and for some people is uh, leveraging the things you don't want to do and giving them to someone else. Yes. Um, yes. And that, that doesn't mean necessarily automation. That could just be procedural documentation to allow you to outsource. And you talk to them and go, oh, no, 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 no. No one does as good of a job as me. I can't do that. No. <laughs> no. And you okay, well, hold on. Well, how good of a job do they do if it's something that takes you 10 hours to do? Are they getting 80% of the way there? Yeah, yeah, but then I have two, two hours of rework. I'm like, well, at least it's not 10 hours, is it? Like, so you've got, you're already in front, so yeah, why not? thank you. Why not just do it yeah. and see what happens? Oh, no, no, I hate, I hate doing that stuff. I like working on the tools. That's cool. I think a lot of the time people... People, the belief systems behind people and the six inches in between your ears 
are probably the most substantial six inches on your body and that that needs to be remembered. Yeah, and that's where all the work needs to yeah, be done. It's not frankly. a pissing contest. Um, it's uh, it's, it's to, to make sure that you're, you're thinking about things properly. Yeah, absolutely. And just because we're saying you should think about things too, you've got to go and find out your own thought processes and, and really work on that. And, you know, one of the biggest things I had to learn is that a lot of our thought processes are kind of put in there just because of things that we're used to and really finding out and using the innovation that you learned in your early teens, how can I do this better? And sometimes you don't need to be technology driven like Joshua is, but try to think about it as a mindset. How could I think about this better? How could I do something better and start there? Start really simply. It doesn't have to be that. And then that will build the muscle that later on when you are looking at completely revolutionizing maybe all your business successes and you get someone like Joshua in, you would actually then have the mindset and the belief to do it. Because if you start cold, it, it's quite difficult too. Well, on that big mindset deepness, that was quite deep. <laughs> we both went quite deep. And what was so curious, and, and one of the things that block us as professionals, and I see it a lot, obviously, in the accounting industry, which I've had a lot to do with over the last 20 or 30 years, is that technology thing. Like technology kind of gets blamed. I'll put technology in to solve all my problems. And But what I'm taking away from what you're saying is really understand what your problems are first and then get technology in afterwards and see if it can help you. And sometimes you don't need technology. You just need a process change. Yep. Yeah, absolutely right. And like I relate it a lot to cars. People have a Tesla. Some people have Teslas. Some people don't. Some people want a Tesla. Some people want the latest iPhone. Is it going to do anything different to what you've already got? And uh, like uh, if, if we rewind uh, 20 years, 30 years, Oh, cool. Power steering, power windows, power locks. They, they, they were the, the cool fad things that were coming in at the time. They were cool. And I'm sure most people that are driving around a car right now have those things and they're just not, not considered mod con. Yeah. You lose power steering and holy shit, does it feel like you need it back? Oh my God. And that's where technology sits. It sits in this spot where people go, oh, I really, really want it, but I don't want to have to change to find out that I need it. Now, the big fads in cars are lane guidance and uh, automatic stopping and uh, autonomous driving. Yeah. Oh, I don't really need that. I'm fine driving already. But as soon as you have them, I reckon 20, 30 years, you'll be like, oh, far out. We have to have those. And that, that, that's where technology is about finding out, do you need that now? Is that going to help your business now? Is it something that you need to adopt before your competitors adopt it? Because otherwise you're going to be left in the dark. One of the best things you can do is go to a conference for a, a business vertical that's not yours. Go to a conference and go, Wow, this is completely yeah. different. Yes. Uh, I didn't realize this Great was a advice. problem in this industry. How are they dealing with this? And uh, instead of always going to conferences around the vertical that you're in, because you, you end up getting this this false sense of sensitivity to, to the thought that everyone is in your industry and everyone is doing this product or using that product, and then you feel like everyone you, you're, you're flooded when most of the time you're not. And uh, it gives you it gives you insights into other people's problems and realizing your business isn't that bad. Accountants who are, are listening to this or any other professional services, that I had that Sage device from a, one of my coaches about three or four years ago, and I spend my whole time in, in you know looking at industries that aren't ours and have learnt so many things. And the data thing that you were talking about and the connection, you know, one of our big struggles in the big firm was that all our databases weren't connected. And then you go into another vertical, and you just said it. They're all connected. And it's just like, well, if they can do it over here, why can't we do it over there? And that actually was when I started think, started working around the mindset issues. And it's just like the only difference is mindset. Hmm. In these two, two industries, they're different industries. They have different vertical, as you said. The problems solved over there can easily solve the problems over here and vice versa. So 
great advice. So let's wrap it up. If there were two or three things that you had advice that you've, I mean, as I said, jump on and listen to Business Built Freedom podcast. So over there, you you have interviewed so many fantastic people. So in your own businesses, you've given us quite a few tips, but if there's one or two things that you could give us that you either learnt off somebody else or um, from your own experiences, what would that be to take away? First one, always, always, always <laughs> get a second opinion. Yes. That is that is a yeah. huge one. Don't just sit with what you're doing because it's what you're doing. Yes. Uh, you might be in a car with a frayed, a, a frayed uh, seatbelt and no power steering and not even realize that there's there's other cool options out there. So always get a second opinion. And, and most of the time, and we're very flexible with this, we encourage our clients to get another IT company in and get a second mm-hmm. opinion. Pressure. Because we, yeah, exactly. They might come through and go, oh, oh, you should be doing this, this, and this. And we go, oh, that's cool. I didn't even think of that. Or alternatively, they come in and the, the company goes, all right, cool. That's, that's, that's good advice. And now I know that um, we're, we're on good steed. Everything's going in the right direction. So always get a second opinion. The next big one would be be ready to document. Document everything, everything that you possibly think. If, if you're a, a, a solo business owner or you are a key person in your business and you've got, I don't know, normally you sit around sort of 12, 15 staff before you start having problems there. If, if you're a, 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 the key person in your business, document down every single thing you do every single day and work out how much of that stuff you don't have to do. The next one is be ready to release and not do those things. Be ready to get give it to someone else and, and be, be happy for someone else to do it. So always get a second opinion is, is number one. And that that's, you, you'll find like, you call up five different companies uh, for a product that you, you might be using at the moment, be even mobile phone plans or something yeah. like that. You'll probably find someone that's doing it for a better price. Yep. And that's instantly saving you money. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with IT. It doesn't have to be necessarily a better price. It might be a better price, but it might be a better process that's ultimately saving you money because you have uh, more accountability with your staff. You can see what they're doing. You can see if they're more efficient from home instead of from work or vice versa. But always get a second opinion uh, for every single thing that you're working with. And most of the time, the business that you're working with aren't going to feel like you're getting rid of them. It's just keeping keeping everyone in check. And I think that's important. And uh, as I said, be ready to document. That's 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 a big one. Oh, after my, those two things, I think, have revolutionized what I do. And also, it gives you clarity on what you should be doing. <laughs> like yep. There's a lot of stuff that you start writing down as leaders and you just go, Oh, no wonder I'm um, – and sometimes there's stuff that every, people are doing that you just shouldn't – no one should be doing. Um, Correct. So fantastic. I, Simple advice and it is it is life-changing advice. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, well, thank you so much, Joshua, um, for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. We'll drop down in the show notes links to the businesses that we talked about and Joshua's podcast. Jump on, have a look. Where else can people follow you or how can they get in contact with you? Uh, depending on where you like to soak up your socials, we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. We're uh, on YouTube for some of our video stuff, iTunes for our podcast. We're pretty much anywhere you're looking. Um, if, if you search for my name on Spotify, I've made a few songs. Don't search for my name on Spotify. Yes, quite a good singer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, overall, um, we're, we're anywhere that you're wanting to find us. If you're wanting to do work with us, probably LinkedIn or straight to our website, dorks.com today, you would be the best bet. 
Um, but uh, other than that, yeah, look forward to talking to you soon. Fantastic. And thank you, everybody. If you really loved this episode, please drop onto iTunes and give us a five-star rating, of course, but drop some comments. We really appreciate it. Um, we really drive our podcast around what our listeners want and enjoy. And as always, continue the conversation and be brave. Thank you so much for your time today. We work super hard on bridging the gap between our expertise and our CEO skills to create more money and time in your everyday to create change. If this sounds like something that you would like to have a further conversation with, jump on blueprinthq.com.au and book a free consultation so we can continue the conversation. As always, be brave.